Hi, I'm Rob, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by my Rewind and Review co-host, Jason. Hello. Hey, and we are joined also by guest producer Sammy, back again for another tour. Hey, Sammy. How many times have we had Sammy on? This is, is second? Third? third. Wow. Sammy's helped us three times now. Um, now, it is 2019. Happy New Year. And we've got another year of rewinding lined up for you. Rewind and Review is the podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it has held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? Yep. Now, this movie has a sequel coming out this year, so we figured it was fitting to go back and check out where it all began. Pour yourself a glass of water <laughs> and rewind. You got that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah see what I did there. That's all right. And rewind with us to the year 2000. We have to go back! Go back, Sam! What year is it? Are you telling me you built a time machine? The turn of the century. By this time, superhero movies were a genre of its own, with a couple movies popping up each year. Mm-hmm. The decade leading up to it pretty much belonged to Batman, with three feature films in his name. A lot of the superhero movies were smaller projects, playing as darker, grittier films. Mm. Uh, we had Dark Man, a couple of Ninja Turtles sequels, Robocop 2, yeah. The Phantom, Judge Dredd, Spawn, and even sati- uh, Satirical Take with uh, Mystery Men. Marvel even had a single contribution with Blade in 1998. You know, out of all of those, Blade's the only one I've actually seen. Mate, you gotta. Yeah. You haven't seen the old Turtle, turtle movies. Oh, maybe what's the secret of Ooze? I think that, Ooze? Is that the third or second? That might be the second one. Yeah, three is Turtles in Time. Yeah, right. Back on track. Back, Back on, on track. track. <laughs> anyway, it, um, it wasn't until 2000 that Marvel would give us X Men. Great movie, um, and changed the superhero game. Now, uh, with the genre modestly heating up, it seemed fitting to get a movie that deconstructed the superhero genre. And what we got was Unbreakable. That's the name of the movie, not the movie itself was very... Indeed. (laughs) It is the title of the movie. Um, Written, produced, and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Um, Unbreakable follows a security guard named David Dunn, played by Bruce Willis, who is the sole survivor of a horrific train crash. With the help of a disabled comic art gallery owner named Elijah Price, played by Samuel L. Jackson, Dunn learns that he possesses superhuman powers. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. very good. Now, full spoiler warning, of course, before we proceed. Now, Unbreakable is a superhero movie that was designed by Shyamalan... How do you pronounce him? I say Shyamalan. 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 To parallel a comic book, um, a comic book's traditional three-part story structure, with this film being the first part, the origin story. The first movie sees Bruce Willis's character exploring and confronting his powers while trying to navigate the difficulties in his family life and the hover- hovering influence of Elijah Price. I have a question for you. Yeah, go on. What's your personal experience with this movie? Hey, I usually ask you that. <laughs> I wanted to jump in first. Okay, I saw it in cinemas. Um, yeah, obviously, once it came out. Um, I, I I love it, um, and we're going to talk about that. Now, I've probably seen it over ten times. I have. Well, no, we're not going to say that just yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it's definitely one of my favourite M. Night Shyamalan movies. Um it was during that period, like when you had a couple of really good ones. Yeah, this was like the yeah, this six was like the six cent signs. The yeah. people bag signs. I, I want to review signs, listeners. If you want us to review signs, let us know on Facebook. I've had a bad run with with Shyamalan. Have you? Uh, with signs, I'd watch Scary Movie three first, so oh. it kind of dampened no. that for me. I still enjoyed signs though. Signs, honestly, has got one of the scariest moments in film for me. I've ever seen. They're freaky. They're definitely yeah, freaky. Really. But with the sixth sense, I've never been able to experience the way it was intended with, you know, oh. not knowing the twist. Oh. Like, I've watched Fifty First Dates before I watched the sixth oh. sense. Like I've always known. So, far out. But anyway. Okay. Well, anyway, this is it is one of my favorites. But there are a couple on on there. I really do like Shyamalan. I really wish he didn't do the Avatar movie. But... Yeah, he had a he had a weird patch. I'm not a fan of the happening. But he came. He's come back after the visit. I didn't mind the happening. I didn't mind the village. Like it was alright. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, so <laughs> now he's back. Dude. We, I do have to say, I'll say it now. I haven't seen Split yet. What? But I Might. know, and we're going to talk about it. But let's. Um, you are you watching Glass? Oh, I'm going to see Split first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to okay. So I'm not going to listen to your review for ages. Well, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Jace, tell me about your experience. Come. Um, yeah, I don't remember the first time I watched this, but I it was years after <laughs> the movie came out. Um, it was oh. a, it was a while ago. Like I'm like it's not like I've watched it the first time recently. Hmm. Um, I think it was when I first learned about who M Night Shyamalan was. You know, his name yeah. was sort of kind of big, and then I was like, oh, what else is out there? Oh, there's this movie that's oh, it's kind of like a superhero movie, but like kind of real and something a little bit different you know they're not wearing capes and running around so I was like I want to check that out where's Poncho though but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it was but it happened at some point no, okay. I, liked I liked it okay. I liked it and I've watched it no like a handful of times since not, yeah. not nuts but I genuinely haven't seen it for a decade though I think like, the last time I watched it was most after... of our movies I haven't seen for a decade last time I watched it was after watching Split yeah okay obviously going into it well, went it, back well I went into it I didn't know Split was what it was, it was yeah. and then it was like, well, I'm going to go watch Unbreakable now. Just yeah. to remind me of what the hell I just watched. That's fantastic. All right, well, let's talk about this film's legacy. And it does have one, obviously, because we're starting to get modern movies now. Now, um, had a budget of $75 million, and it had a box office return of $248 million. So some would, some may consider that disappointing box office returns. The DVD <laughs> and VHS sales um, in 2001 added a further... Hundred and twenty-three million dollars to that as well. It's not a bad total. I mean, we've seen worse. Oh, like definitely, but I think with the names attached, yeah, you've got Bruce Willis, you've got Samuel Jackson, yeah. M Night Shyamalan had already made a name for himself by this stage I because think of the studio wanted more yeah. from this, and I think just the returns. I mean, once you put in marketing costs like that, it didn't yeah. really it wasn't profitable. Okay, um, but it Shame. did. It did receive positive reviews. Critics praised the aesthetics, the performances, right. and the score by James Newton Howard. Yeah, I love it. And since its release, it has gained a strong cult following, yes. which might have contributed to the, the giant, resurgence of... Or the DVD and uh, VHS. Oh, yeah, right, like. right. 123 mil. I wonder if that... Is that worldwide? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay, excellent. All right. Um, now, many regard this as one of um, Shyamalan's best films and one of the best superhero films of all time. I can see that. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you want to go in a untraditional kind of way, like, yeah. But it's so reflective of like comic book structure, you know, aesthetically yeah. as well as you know structure. There's like, production lots of tropes. Well. There's lots of tropes, and we will break We're them gonna down. We're going to do it. Of course, we've mentioned them, but a thematic sequel was released in 2017, Split, yeah, uh, which featured a cameo by uh, the David Dunn character. So the movie essentially is finished and done. Yeah. Like, there's no more. It doesn't affect the story and what it just establishes the universe that yeah. it shares that it's set in. And a million people, hundreds of millions of people wet their pants as soon as they saw it. I don't doubt. know if that many people, but like I was one of them. <laughs> I was pretty excited when I heard about it. Cool. Um, but Split experienced um, financial and critical success. Yep. Um, James McAvoy, amazing performance in that performances, I should say. So he definitely was a factor. Um which led, led us, I guess, to the third film, Glass, which is being released in January this year. And depending on when you're watching this podcast, sometime this week. Yeah, you may have already seen it. Yeah, Glass could already be out. And, Excellent. Uh, it's 2022. And watch it, look out for the <laughs> look out for the review with um, with Luke and Jace a little bit later. Um, now, with this unique series of installments, um, Unbreakable has become the first part of what is now referred um, to as the East. East Rail 177 Trilogy, based on the train accident that starts it all, which we're going to talk about. Oh. Yeah, we are. All right, let's get into it. I guess maybe we can start with Bruce Willis. I mean, essentially, we've got two major factors to this movie. Got like a a hero and a villain side. Yeah. Got a Bruce Willis and a Samuel Jackson. Yeah. So Bruce Willis, he plays (laughs) David Dunn. Let's talk talk (laughs) Dunn. Let's do that. So... We essentially this movie is an origin story. We get Bruce Willis's origin story. Yeah, we talked about many like the, that. This movie is going to have lots of comic book tropes, mm-hmm. stuff like that. David Dunn, the alliteration, yeah, in his name, common in comic book characters. Wouldn't know that, but I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah. Very good. Give me an example. Peter Parker, ah. Lois Lane, but Lex Luthor, 
Um, there's more. I'm looking around, but uh... <laughs> they're, all, they're all over the shop. They're all over the studio. They're everywhere. Cool. Um, not Bruce Wayne though. Ah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, um, so David is a an ex football player, a star player, and then now turned security guard. He uh, had a what is it? He had a car accident a earlier car accident, on, and yeah. and at that point, that turned him away from his football career. Which we find out. I mean, essentially, that's where he learns that he has unbreakable skin, which is one of his yeah. powers, I guess. And super he strength. he told people that he was hurt, that he was injured, could no longer play football. Yeah. There's the relationship between him and well, his girlfriend at the time. Yeah. Um, Turns into his wife. She established that she wouldn't have, you know, stayed with him, been with him, had a future with him if he continued to be a football player. And it's sort of like he made that active choice. To turn his back on that particular path. Yeah, so he used the accident as a scapegoat. That's it. And yep. that's essentially his origin to not just his, I guess, a superhero future, but yeah. his family. Like, that's where they all... It's a very heroic choice, though, to take a, make a sacrifice. So what it does is, if you think about it from a timeline point of view, it sets him up from a young age to follow in the steps of a, a very self-sacrificial path. Yeah. Know, and yeah, it's, which can, is which is he's a hero, isn't he? He could say that. Yeah. So anyway, what's a his hero in Oliver? What's his but, abilities? What can he but, do? So yeah, so we mentioned the unbreakable skin. Obviously yeah. when we get the 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 train accident, that like massive thing where literally like mm. everyone I can't remember the number, but everybody on the train dies. He's the sole survivor. Um but the dude who's seeping blood at the start. Yes, but then he does, he die, does die. Yeah. On the hospital bed. And he is then the sole survivor. Yeah. He's uh, what else has he got? Super strength. There's that weightlifting scene with his son. Yep, where he just keeps on stacking on the weights. Goes and, how much more? How much more? Yeah. That's yeah, right. and it's like I, I I love this scene. Like the the camera sort of zooms in. You can't see the the dumbbells. Yeah. Is that what they call it? The yeah. weight thing. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't. Let's just call it the weights on the end the of heavy the things. bar. Yeah. They like, they add like the the paint cans and stuff. Yeah. But like it zooms out and it's like it, you just see how how much is on there. But it's not only that. You also see um, the reaction of his son who's helping him add the extra weights and add the extra like he's, weights. He's he's like amazed. He's amazed. But he's also scared. scared. Like he steps further back and he's hiding like in the room, kind of looking. In awe, in absolute awe, and then yeah, yeah. Now this is Spencer Trick Clark, the kid. He is he coming back? I think he might be in Glass. Well, I mean the son's in Glass, but mm. I don't know if it's him. No, anyway. we'll yeah. find out. But Joseph is the kid. Yeah, there's a there's a weird dynamic with between the two of them because yeah. he kind of like he wants his dad to be this amazing thing. Like yeah. he he kind of sees it in him, and he's like, I want to I want to push it. Yeah. And there is that scene like with the handgun with the gun. Where he's like, like, no, you can take a bullet. And he's saying, no, I can't. There's a lot of tension in that scene. Something you, like, I'm not sure if this is true, but apparently the gun scene is based on an urban legend that George Reeves, who played Superman in, like, on TV, was once confronted by a child who asked to shoot him with a real gun while he was in his Superman costume. You imagine how terrifying that would be. Yeah, and much like in this this movie, in that scene, George Reeves had to convince the kid that it'll bounce off me and hit someone else yeah. if you do it because he felt like that was the only way to, to mm. get out of the situation. And, and David, his way of mitigating the solution is to say if you shoot me, I won't die, but I'm going to leave and you'll never be my friend. Yeah. You which know, again, Friends like, don't shoot each other. You know, that's what they say. That adds another dynamic. Like, he's obviously, there's a there's a tension there, there's an opportunity for him to move to New York to obviously mm. leave his family, which adds further onto the tension with him and his wife, obviously. Yeah. They're strange, distant, not sleeping in the same room, yeah. all that kind of stuff. We should mention the Audrey, actually, the one. Robin Wright Penn at the time, anyway. Yeah. She's Robin brilliant. Wright. She's brilliant. She's one of I'm those not that familiar that... with her work, but I really enjoyed her in this. Forrest Gump. Bullshit. Really? Yeah, she's the... She's Jen A. <laughs> really? Yeah. All oh, right, well, she's a bit younger there. Yeah. Oh, no, only two, only two or three years, to be honest. <laughs> anyway. Jen A. Jen A. Stop it. Uh, what else has he got? The ability to see visions of crimes committed by the people he touches. Correct. So this is, I guess, I mean, you can count the supernatural strength, the supernatural mm. unbreakable skin, but I guess actually having that like sort of psychic ability, like a premonition, is, is, on, a, is, is on a different sort of realm of. Yeah. You know, it's it's not of a physical thing. It's mm. something mystical. Yeah. Um, but there's lots of little interactions there. It starts slow. First, he thinks it's sort of just like intuition or, or instinct, a, yeah. maybe yeah. a sixth sense. 
Ooh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. There's that whole scene unfolding with that man with the gun yep. through the stadium and all that, and mm. the whole thing with Elijah yep. following that. Um, there's that big moment where you know he's told to go where people are, and he goes to that train station, yep. and he's basically just... Like a, like a radar out. just scanning people, you know, like yeah. touching them, not like touching them, but like brushing up against them. Yeah. And get a lot of, you know, very confronting scenes and situations. Yeah. It just turns out everyone's an asshole, really. Um, like everyone's got baggage. Yeah, that's right. And then that's where he comes across, you know, ultimately he comes across the uh, the orange suit man. Yeah, which is played by Chance Kelly. Yeah, right. Who I'm not actually familiar with, but I've heard the name before. Okay. Odd with the, with the orange suit man, yeah. what he's called originally was going to have the characteristics of the Horde or the Beast or whatever you want to call it. All of them. Who is the character from Split. Split, Yeah. James McAvoy's character. Or it might just be his beastie kind of... I'm not really sure. It's It's complicated. But I guess at the time Shyamalan wanted to just streamline the movie, have the two characters, keep that third one for later. It's interesting that he had that on his radar already though, isn't it? Um, So we've talked about um, David's strengths and and all his powers... But he also does have a weakness as well. You say weakness, and I know in the movie they phobia they refer to it as a weakness and his kryptonite sort of thing. Yeah. So he has a fear of drowning, Mm. right? I mean, who doesn't? But no, he has a larger than life fear of drowning. It's interesting in the movie; it's always raining. There's lots of water. Mm. Mm. Pretty much always wet. (laughs) Yeah. But like Elijah tells him that. We're, the, we're so different, but mm. we're the same because we can both drown. You know, yeah. like water affects our body the same. Yeah. And then he says, that's your weakness. I, I watch and I read it and it's like, it's not necessarily like it's his weakness. It's just that he, much like us, mm. the, like again, the biology, the biology inside of him is yeah. the same. So water will kill he's, him. He still dies. So yeah. he's pretty much invulnerable except for that. Yeah. Not necessarily a weakness. It's just his vul- vulnerable spot. But you do see, and there's a beautiful scene where he overcomes that weakness, where he's pushed into the pool by the orange, orange suit dude, and he falls onto the pool cover and it falls in. But yeah. when he eventually gets out, but through the helps of the kids that he's rescued... You have that beautiful moment where he steps up and it's just a nice slow pan up and he like it's basically a it's like, moment. yeah it's like a superhero <laughs> moment where he takes he takes it in his stride and he's like nah I've just beaten that one and then he goes to town. yeah like yeah. holy crap like I mean there's drowning and then there's being pretty much in a bag like, yeah. which is essentially what happened when the pool cover like yeah. envelops him such a great shot too isn't it you oh, see the creepy. pool cover just suck in that tension like he's oh. on it and you're like oh he's fine he can just sort of like crawl off falls. it yeah. that's not how water and gravity works and yeah. All that. Oh, yeah. oh it's actually really tense very very tense but there's a few more like sort of scenes especially early on yeah. to do with water and the connection and stuff and like just like when when Dunn first meets Elijah yeah he's got Joseph with him his yeah. son that's right and then as soon as Dunn realizes that Elijah might be a little bit Weird. A little bit not right. Yeah. He tells Joseph to stop drinking the water that he's drinking. Yeah. Go put it in the bin. So after meeting Glass, yeah. he says, stop drinking that water. Yeah. You know, there's stuff there. Yeah, very, very interesting. Mm. Performance-wise, Bruce Willis. Yeah, let's talk about his performance. I mean... Oh, he's great. I, I want to... Sometimes I look at his, his, you know, other roles that he's done. Yeah. I mean, usually he knocks them out. Yeah. But sometimes he comes across pretty, you know, like, not really... Hmm. Not really being that passionate. This is, I think, is one role where he really, he really gives it all. Like, yeah, there's some really real behind, and the majority of it is non-verbal. I That's think. it. Yeah. He's he's more what he's doing is mm. like communicating, I guess, mm. and instead how he's, of acting verbally. Yeah, and how he's reacting to all of these new things he's learning about himself, and then his past, and then coming to the realization that he's always had these powers since he was yeah. young but he's just always shut it out and he hasn't really focused on it. It's always kind of like baffled me. Every time I watch it, I'm like, how does he not know that he hasn't been sick like his whole life? When was the last time you were sick? Like three months ago. Yeah, I can't remember. I know that I have been, but I can't remember when. But he like, it's not not a case of like, I can't remember the date, the month I was last sick. He legit was like, have I ever been sick? Like, and he, you know, he he refers to having, you know, I guess that's where we're, we're on that throat. journey, though, aren't we? As well, yeah. You know? But like, but, surely, but, how would he would be like? I don't even know what a cold feels like. I don't know what a sore throat feels like. Yeah, like it's weird. Yeah. How do you not know? I don't know. 
but he's around other people who are sick, so he maybe you know get the, the mirror neurons going where he like yeah, like yeah. maybe he's just so absent-minded, just well, don't cruising forget. through life. Elijah says, you know, how do you feel? How did you feel after you, you know, stop that bad guy? Because it's your calling kind of thing, and he's kind of feels different about it, and maybe he has been living in a cloud because he hasn't been living to his full potential. That's it. Interesting. Speaking of Elijah... Yeah, that's a nice little segue there. Let's jump straight into it. Elijah um, Price, played by Samuel L. Jackson. No, it's, it's cool. Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson. Yeah. This were, I think this is the fourth... Is that right? The fourth movie that they've been in together at that at this time. At anyway. that time, yeah. So Weapon 1 in 1993, Pulp Fiction in 94, yeah. and Die Hard, of course, with a vengeance yeah. in 1995. I want to point out his name first, Elijah. Yeah, go on. It's actually a biblical reference. Right. So, in the Bible, yeah, it's prophesized, or Elijah, the the Elijah, yeah. was prophesized to return to Earth to pave the way for the coming of the son of David, who was a savior. Get out! Nah, that's brilliant. Nah, well, I'm not Sh- saying. Uh, Shyamalan's uh, oh. obviously been reading up. I mean, no, I mean, obviously, name the characters this for a reason. Yeah, of course, and of course. it all unfolds. Yeah. So, Price, Elijah Price. He's a comic book theorist, comic art gallery owner. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had in his gallery. He even has a uh, a nice comic print of a Nick Fury shield comic. I did not catch that. There is one shot near the end of the film. Yeah, he's obviously sitting in his wheelchair, and yeah. it's like right above his head behind him. The shot lingers for about thirty seconds. When was when was the Incredible Hulk filmed? Uh, that's the first one. Like 2008. Well, like, yeah. Oh, so it's still a fair way off this. At this time, in comics, I think it was the Ultimate Comics, um, the Nick Fury character had been redesigned to actually look, had the, have the likeliness of Samuel Jackson. Really? That's why he was actually cast later on when Iron Man came out. Yeah, okay. And they put him in that post-credit scene. Yeah, right. Yeah, and they, they were like, they invited him. They were like, we want you to come on board because, you know, we designed him after you pretty yeah. much. Obviously, before that, he was white guy, kind of looked like Hasselhoff. Interesting. (laughs) Um, Yep, so uh, Elijah uh, suffers from a debilitating genetic um, condition called type 1. What is it? Osteogenesis imperfecta. Now, I don't know if this is real. Jason, is it real? Yep, looked it up. Cool. It's real. That's tragic. It's really... It's quite rare. Um, The only person, I, I guess... In the celebrity type world, um, he's an Australian celebrity, I suppose. Um, Quinton, if you if you know of him, no. Um, he was kind of prominent around like the nineties and the early two thousands and stuff. He was doing things and he did a few like charity things and yeah, right. stuff. I think he was a telethon kid at one point. Oh right. Um, but he had the same condition where basically all your bones are Uber so brutal. frail, so yeah. any sort of impact collision would just shatter. Oh gosh! So he was wheelchair ridden. Um, obviously, he you know, he stopped, not like Elijah Price in this movie, but he stopped growing and developing. Yeah, normally right. purely because his bones weren't carrying his his weight. Yeah, so I guess they took some liberties here with the with the disease or the whatever you call it. Yeah, and they they let Samuel Jackson grow up to be a. Well, he <laughs> does say man. he does say he's got type one, but it gets to work worse than type. I suppose, four. So I suppose maybe he has like a. A softer version, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come on, tragic though. But so, what ultimately what it means, um, in case you haven't done your research, like Jason has, <laughs> um, yeah. So from from birth, he uh, he was born with a, two broken legs and yeah. broken arms because just the pressure of coming out of the womb was enough to chatter his. Bones. So what you have, David Dunn, being unbreakable, being super strong, you can't hurt the man unless you throw water at him. Yeah, um, yeah just like got, aliens, you've got that. Uh, nice one. Well done. Well done. Very good. Spoiling signs if you haven't seen if you haven't it. seen it yet. Um, but yes, he is the opposite. Yeah, he's so frail, and he's made it his with, mission to find his opposite. I guess, like with the passion of of these comic books and you know these stories, what he reads as mythology, as you know, like a secret, a repressed world from the past. Correct. Yeah. You know, he, he obviously is truthful with himself and he's like, I can't be a superhero. I, I don't have the physicality, yeah. all that kind of stuff. However, he does have intelligence, intelligence which correct. is, you know, some of the best supervillains fall into that category. Yeah. The, you know, the Lex Luthers of the world. That's right. And they don't do the work, the, the uh, dirty work themselves. You know, they're not the ones fighting the uh, the hero. They're yeah. usually manipulating the environment 
to make the hero's life harder. And more of this might come into place uh, in Glass. Yeah, I'm really interested <laughs> to see how, <laughs> how to see. Out. Definitely comes into this. Um, so, yeah, he uh, he is incredibly intelligent. That's his superpower himself. But um, he everything else, he's the polar opposite to... Um, Dunn. Do you have to point out though that he isn't the polar opposite because Dunn isn't an idiot. <laughs> so just... no, that's. Um, but I mean, do you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. No, polar opposite in terms of physicality. Physicality, the power yeah. kind of side of things. Not Absolutely. so much the the brains. Absolutely. Now, during this movie, you find out that uh, you know there is a character arc for Elijah, mm-hmm. um, or just like just like Dunn, and he does start off, that, and and you don't know that he is in any way sinister and you just feel sympathy for him the whole way through and there's a beautiful moment where he's pursuing the guy with a gun who um done had a premonition about and said he's if we start patting these people down he's gonna leave he's chasing him like and he's chasing him with a cane which we'll talk about in a second um (laughs) and he falls down the stairs and he breaks his cane and he breaks it's a bit symbolic because his cane's made out of glass which was samuel l jackson's idea yeah Um, it was yeah and he sh- his bones shatter just like glass at the same time as his canes are. Yeah. But there's a beautiful moment where he's hanging upside down on a staircase and he sees the guy with the gun jump over the barrier and run away and he sees the gun yeah. and he sees it go. It confirms everything that, that Dunn does actually have the ability to, to seek this so information. Laying there. And he smiles even though he's in pain yeah. and then he passes Laying there shattered. Literally shattered like shattered. a glass pane. Yeah. He's smiling. Yeah. Because he's like, I've got it. Yeah, I know. And absolutely, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful scene. Like you, you just see something in that character where his determination is so strong that it's overcoming his physical ailments and his yeah. pain. Very it's good. Actually, and you feel sympathy for him. You're like, oh man. But I think I'm what, so sorry. what this movie does, like you know, we we had Dunn's we get we get we're basically playing catch up with Dunn and his origin. You know, like yeah, we get a flashback, but we're we're putting the pieces together with his character now in yeah. the present. With Elijah, we we get him from a young age, yeah, and we follow him. Yeah. You know, we get his birth, yeah. the horrific scene with his. It's a beautifully shot scene, though. Mother, Charlene Woodard, mm. giving birth in that department store like change room. Yeah, and there's another like another glass reference there, like in that change room. Yeah. The first time you see him is through a reflection. Yeah, through that mirror. How clever is that though? Because it keeps on. It's a tracking shot. There's a lot of tracking shots in this yes. movie. Um, the train is one of them as well, where it just seems like it's one never-ending shot. Yeah. It's following... And that turns out it's just the POV gym. of a little girl. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, a little girl it? watching him. But yeah, no, you, you, you see the tracking shot where you're looking from the doctor's face and then to the reflection where he's looking at the mother and yeah. he's looking at the, the retail clerk. And it's a beautifully, beautifully shot scene. And yet, then you have the realisation that this poor child who is a newborn is so fragile. There's so much... Like, it's so serious, and yeah. you do get so sympathetic. And, you know, how many times I have to mention that to make a strong villain, to make a good villain, you have to sympathise with the character. Yeah. To even... Yeah. To almost root for his plan, you've got a good one. Yeah. And they do that from his opening scene. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, of course, and then, again... And you're on board. Falls. The whole your whole way through, you're on board, because you want him to find his unbreakable person, because it might mean the world to him to fix him yeah I mean you don't realise what extent he's actually gone Correct. to you just think oh by convenience he's found yeah. him like but I love his whole I love his whole origin you know like his mother is the first is the person who gave him his first comic book yeah which is an active comics which is obviously a play on action comics, comics yeah which is a uh, old Superman yeah yeah okay yeah you know like his first appearance um, and she even mentions like that particular issue has a surprise ending, which is ah, <laughs> so much for, <laughs> yeah, so much for foreshadowing. Um, look, I actually felt I uh, like um, Mrs. Price is fantastic. Like she, she's c- concerned about her son. She knows how fragile he is, but she still says, "No, you've got to be out part of that world. You still have to go participate." Yeah, and that's why she puts his present outside and forces him to go outside and, and be part of it. I think I'm like obviously like when he's a child, like I get the situation, what's going on there. Like yeah. she's. A mother, she's caring. Yeah. But then when you meet her again, hmm. and it's by the end of the movie, and yeah, but yeah, a little part of me is like, how much does she know? Because she does explain to Dunn that the difference between villains who fight heroes with physical strength uh, versus those who use their intelligence. Yeah. And I know she's obviously referring to like the comic Comics. book art, yeah. the, the images that's on the, on the walls. 
but it's like, does she know a little bit more? She's paving the way. Yeah. So, but yeah. is she paving it purely for the audience, or is she, you know, like, she obviously has a close relationship with her son. Yeah. Does she know the extent that, that he's, that gone, he's to. gone to and stuff? And I guess we better talk about that. So... Let's talk yeah. about let's talk about twists. What a twist! I mean, look, Sh- Shyamalan is well known for his twists, um, and that's why you've got to see his movies unspoiled. You have to watch them unspoiled. I mean, mm. I know he's missed a couple recently, like in actually recent, in the recent decades. So yeah, the recent ones are actually his good ones. It was like that period in between yeah. his real good ones. Then he had yeah. some shockers. And now he's having a and renaissance. Now he's back. Now he's back. And he's good. But um, this twist, when I remember it in cinemas, and it was just. Complete shock, utter shock in 2000, you know, just watching this in the cinemas. So the twist is, I mean, we've kind of alluded to it. It turns out that uh, Elijah is actually the ultimate villain and he's actually orchestrated all of these disasters, you know, through terrorist techniques. I mean, they show us like a handful of them, maybe three yeah. or four or something. But, but then how you many see, has he done? You see so many on the paper, on the wall, like newspaper cuttings of different accidents that have happened. And he's actually orchestrated all of them in order to find the unbreakable human, to yeah. find that headline where it says, one person survives without a scratch. And then you realise, and there's a beautiful moment, right, when he says, he already knows Dunn's powers, he knows everything, and then he offers to shake his hand, and he says, now it's time to shake my hand. He's, he's virtually giving himself up. He's virtually knowing full well what he's doing. He's about to actually yeah. say, I'm confessing. Like, I've now found my equal. Now it's time for you to find out who your equal is. I think the, the thing is, like, he wanted to find that hero because he, like I said, you know, he knows that he has to be the villain. Yeah. Because he can't be a But he a says, hero. he does say that he didn't realise he was the villain until, and then he, until he I met guess because he realised because you're the opposite, because you now happen to be the hero. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I am the villain. Yeah. And what does every villain need? A hero, or vice versa. Yeah. Every hero needs a villain, I should say. That's right. And I mean, and it's, it's there's a moment there where you look at him and he's and he's sad, and you and you still feel that little bit of pity for him, even though he's mm. a monster, and he's willingly turning himself in. You know that he know he knows what he's just done. Yeah. He's made a call that's now going to change his life, but he's also mentored David into becoming a hero, so he he's only given himself away. Once he's holding up a headline that says, Masked Hero has saved the day or whatever it is. That's it. So he's achieved his goal. So he's not a bad guy, but he is a terrible bad guy. As in, he's he's a terrorist, but he's also done something else. He's done something that's am- um, not amicable, something worth being proud of as well. So you, you ha- even in that moment when you find out how big a monster he is, you're also like, whoa, like, there's so many, so many emotions being thrown around there. I think it's a fantastic twist. It's one of the best, if not... Nah, it's not the best, because Sixth Sense is the bloody best. <laughs> anyway, let's talk, I wouldn't a little, know. let's talk a little bit more about... Um, so, we've, we've covered the twist. Let's talk about comic book parallels in regards to... Yeah, I mean, you've got your hero yeah. and yeah. your villain connection. Yeah. Basically, in, in, in comics, I guess, main characters, more often than not, identify colour schemes, yeah. aliases... Yeah. You know, like, they have costumes, they've yeah. got alter egos, mm-hmm. names, stuff like that. You see Dunn walking around, often in green, mm. his security hood yeah. thing. Price is often wearing purple, or, you know, his yeah. belongings, or, yeah. you know, personal effects are, are purple. Yeah, um, It's actually, oddly enough, Samuel Jackson's favourite colour, which is why he wanted his lightsaber in Star Wars to be purple. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Okay, cool. But yeah, you see the you see these colours in like in their clothes, the yeah. wallpaper in their bedrooms, their bed sheets. Like you mentioned his um, Elijah's present where he first yeah. gets his comic. It's purple. It's purple. Yeah. It's his, purple wrapping. his stick made out of glass. Of course, it's purple glass. as well. Oh there's there's so much glass. You mentioned the glass stuff. Yeah. Like just quickly sidestepping. Yeah. There's way more. The the blank television screen that you know. Oh that he you sees see himself him in as yeah. a kid. Yeah. Um, when you first meet adult Elijah, it's through the reflection in the in the glass frame. Yeah, like there's so much. He leaves his calling card on yeah. the windscreen wiper, mm. which is obviously a glass. Yeah, 
as you panel. see, as you see Dunn walking up into the uh, the studio to meet him for the first time, you see Glass's silhouette in the other room. Yeah, it's all, yeah. So it's reflected Mate, it's, everywhere. It's reflected. All... <laughs> Very good. Very and it's good. Just constantly raining. Yeah. Um, and it's constantly raining. Yeah. There's a <laughs> getting us back on track. There's a, there's a lot of long tracking shots, as yeah. you mentioned. With often stark shadows or unusual camera angles, yeah. which I know, which Upside is sort down of like angles. Their it, feature. If you open a lot of like comic, like to get a good sort of art piece of art within like a panel, mm. you do get different angles. Otherwise, every every box would look exactly the same. Yeah. So artists they do change directions on what you're looking, points of yeah. views, wider panels. And that's what it's like. So you have this son. His son he looks upside down and he sees the the newscast of the train accident. Yeah. And at the same time, oh, there's another one where there's, there's an upside down moment as well. But the camera, camera. Well, yeah, but that, that's yeah. that's like the first one you see where the yeah. kid's sitting, like laying upside down, and he's yeah. he's looking at the TV and it's upside down, yeah. and it's just a unique way of playing with the canvas that yeah. you're in. You know, there's there's lots of shots of characters just standing in doorways. Mm. I think this is intentional. Yeah, it's like the blocking. You and put the a framing. you put a yeah. box around someone. Yeah, like and it's. Have you seen Ang Lee's Hulk? Yes. You know how that movie tries. Well, Ang Lee, Ang Lee does everything he can to make the movie look like a comic book strip. Yeah. You know, with the multiple boxes, picture in picture, yeah. the swipes, the speech yeah. bubbles, all that kind of rubbish. Yeah. This movie somehow feels more like a, I'm going to turn in, turning pages of a comic book and reading panels mm. than that very literal Ang Lee's Hulk with the boxes. I have it. It's weird. Like, it is weird. And I have a, I have a, an idea of why that feels that way. And it touches back onto um, Bruce Willis's portrayal of Dunn. Is a lot of this movie is non-verbal and it's reactive. Like we're we're viewing it right. and we're reacting as well. We're seeing it, and it's just action happening without words, without without so commentary. It's in a way, it's like we're reading the screen. Yeah, visually. Yeah, pretty brilliant. I mean, even think, oh, think yeah. about the exposition. Like so, when um, Joseph is it the son's name? Joseph? Yeah, Joseph. Yeah, Joseph is reading upside. He's upside down. He's watching, flicking through channels, and then the train accidents on there that his dad's in. And then you see a tracking shot where he turns it around and he's looking around and he gets up and he walks and he looks at the um, the post-it note that says um, the number of the train. Mm-hmm. No, there's no verbal. Yeah. But you have all of that exposition saying that's the train. The exposition that's on the in this movie yeah. is brilliant. Yeah, it really From is. From all the information that you get of Dunn sitting on the train to the kid looking at the, the post-it yeah. note. Yeah. You obviously know the connection already. Oh, I remember, paints a picture. Oh, it's brilliant. I remember the other the other upside down. It's when he gets his comic book, it's upside down. And what the camera's looking at upside oh, down. Yes. And then he spins yes. it and the camera follows it. Yeah, it's very, very clever. Okay, well, it looks like we've covered a whole bunch. Time for a break? Time for a break indeed, mate. All right, be right back. Hi, I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. And we are the guys from Nut Film Stew. Do you like movie reviews and want to keep up to date with the latest in movie and TV news? Then Nut Film Stew is the podcast for you. Join us every two weeks for some good times, laughs and firm opinions on the things we love. That's right. There's a new podcast released every two weeks on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. That Film Stew Podcast. Listen, comment, follow, share. And, oh my and, god! Oh my god! We do have a surprise. We do have some more on outside, outside the studio, using a hammer and a nail. Just come back from break. Just come back from break, and that's what we have to deal with. So apologise if you have any ambient banging. Sammy's trying to cut it out, but he's not. <laughs> he's, he's shaking his head too. All right. Well, let's keep going. I reckon old mate will get pretty tired soon. So um, straight into it. Score, Jason. James Newton Howard. Yeah, he did the uh, Sixth Sense, didn't he? Yes, previously did that. So Shyamalan brought him back. Oh, why not? What do you reckon about the score? I like it. It's not like... Like, if you ask me to hum it, yeah. I couldn't do it. But no. when I hear it, it's though, atmospheric, though. When I hear it, mm. I know it. And I'll tell you, at the end of Split, yeah. you do hear it. When you see Dunn? It's it's leading up to it. Okay. There's a moment, and I won't go into too much either, but it sort yeah. of plays. And because I did recognise the music while I was watching Split, I yeah. was like... Well, hang on. Yeah. What's going on? Why am I hearing Unbreakable music? Yeah. And then you get that reveal with, with Bruce Willis showing up. And you're like, what? Thanks for the, the spoil. I'm Cheers. just saying. I'm Thanks, just saying. Mate. Oh, I just need to, I need to say Can't to wait it. to experience that firsthand. <laughs> you legend. But um, that, that's what I mean. The, the, the music is identifiable, but it's not. It's not like... Is I'm, it? I'm, it's not catchy. I'm not humming it. Is anything. it Newton Howard doing Split and... Oh, I'm not 100% sure, but oh man, I hope so. Sa- Sa- cool. Sammy will check that while we go on. So, um, 
Excellent. So, I like. I mean, I liked it. It was. I've heard worse. Um, it wasn't overly memorable for me, but I did. Um, I did find it very, very atmospheric. So. But I think it, it's cool. Like you know, like that moment you mentioned earlier when you know Bruce Willis is coming out of that of the pool. Yeah. You know, like, he, and then it pans up and he's standing there. The music, it's just lifting him up. Yeah, yeah. Much like a, a superhero movie should do that. You know, you don't need the capes. You don't need the special effects. Yeah. But you've got that music. Yeah. And you've got your you've got your hero character standing there. Yeah. And it achieves the same thing without all the... Without all the the lights and the show, and yeah, the, yeah, flashbang. Um, just hear, hearing from uh, producer, guest producer Sammy, that it isn't it isn't Newton Howard that does um, split oh. or glass. It's, oh right, but they obviously we're still in thoughts, and so obviously list, list, uh, pulled. I, I can imagine the music will carry over, you know, like. Oh, surely. Just like a lot of composers these yeah. days, when it is a, at, a property. Look at every Harry Potter movie. Yeah, that's true. Start off John Williams, they turn into everybody. <laughs> Andre de Splat, who's let's, one of them. Let's talk about these movies, actually, whilst we're, we're talking about it. We're talking glass. Yeah. What are they? So what's it called? The East East Rail. East Rail, not East once, Trail. East Trail. East Rail 177 Trilogy. So I haven't heard that before, you know, jumping into research with this. Uh, yeah, no, I looked this up. Apparently, it's it's what people are calling it. I haven't referred to it that as, as well. well but, remember, I mean, remember the Cornetto Trilogy, where they were kind of a trilogy <laughs> about Cornettos, but not really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So it's not really... The, the but I mean, East... you don't want to call it the Unbreakable Trilogy. I would. Would you? Oh, no. East well, Rail titles... works. East Rail works because it started with that. Yeah. And each movie is more about the the main characters. Although I've heard that Glass isn't actually about Elijah. It's more about um, the conflict between Willis and McAvoy. How do you say it? McAvoy. McAvoy, yeah. But you, you would have thought that being called Glass, it would be about... Well, I thought he'd be pulling the strings. Yeah. I wonder if there's going to be a twist. Because there was a twist. Obviously, the twist in um, Split was the David Dunn scene. True. What well, kind of? I don't know if there's any other twists, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Other than him turning well, into a beast. Well, I'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> right. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. All right. um, but look, we had Split, um, James McAvoy, Anya Taylor-Joy... And as I mentioned, you know, the Horde character was originally supposed to be play a part in Unbreakable. I'm really glad it wasn't, because it would t- really take away from the villain twist that you know, was Samuel yeah. Jackson's character. Elijah. At the start of the show, you mentioned that, you know, like this was written as like a to to mirror a this glass again to mirror yeah. like a comic book, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You know, like being written with three parts, you know, yeah. like structure wise. Yeah. But with the release of Unbreakable, Shyamalan scrapped the the second and third parts because. What he had written at the time, he felt there wasn't a strong enough connection with the second and third parts to this Unbreakable movie. Mm. So he scrapped it. Obviously, it wasn't until about 14, 15 years later where he went, I'm going to write something else. I'm going to write Split. Yeah, right. And then bring it in that way. And I'm, I'm glad it it's happened this way. Um, and then, of course, we're getting Glass, yep. which Bruce Willis is back, Samuel Jackson's back, James McAvoy is back with Anya Taylor-Joy and Sarah Paulson's joining the cast. Yeah. Um, but then we've also also found out that um, Spencer Treat, Clark, well, Joseph, Joseph's oh, the, the son. So it is his him. son is back, and so is um, Price's mum is back as well. Yeah, Sammy's really... So there's a... Doing some work back there. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy's so, so he's, he's really earning his intern dollars today. Um, excellent. Oh, but you said, you said you're going to catch up and watch Split before yeah, yeah. Glass, Abs- of course. Absolutely. I'm so, going to rewatch Split before Glass. You are? Yeah, I'm excited. And as we mentioned, um, Luke and myself on that film, so we'll be doing a review. Absolutely. And we did our Split review a few years back as well. I heard Split was on um, Netflix now. It is. So if you have that subscription... Get on to that. You... I also have it on DVD, but I might just watch it on Netflix because it's easier than getting up and putting a disc in. <laughs> you, you beauty. Welcome to the future. All right, well, it looks like we covered a fair chunk of this movie. Um, before we jump into our VHS tape rating, as we always do, we, we should jump into our quiz break. Are you a quiz break? What do you reckon? Yeah, all right. You're doing me, aren't you? Yeah, so, yeah. so today I'm going to be quizzing uh, Jason. I think this will be the first 10 out of 10. I have a feeling. But we'll see how we go. Okay, you've either gone super easy or... Uh, well, it's just I'm just aware that it's... Uh... I've only watched this movie a handful of times. Calm down. 
Oh, uh, no, you'll get this. No, don't talk it up, because I'm going to get like two out of ten and it's going to look real bad. Well, we'll see how we go. All right, Sammy's getting us to hurry up, because he's like, take it to him. <laughs> Sammy's looking at the time, he's like, everybody says that we need to do small, shorter episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, no, we love doing it. Stop it, Sammy. <laughs> Alright, so um, I've got my questions Sammy's got the time Jason, are you ready? Yes Cool Good luck, sir Thank you Alright, let's go Now Now, what uh, what colour was the jewellery thief's t-shirt? What's green? Incorrect <laughs> Yellow What colour was the home invader's t-shirt? Orange Yes, correct What colour was the rapist the, You know, the date rape The drunk girl That guy's t-shirt Blue. Incorrect. Come on. What colour is associated with Elijah? Purple. Correct. What are you doing to me? <laughs> what colour was the abusive Marla wearing? Yellow. Incorrect. Oh, come on. How much weight does David lift at, the, at his highest? Oh, is it 300 pounds? 350? Yes, it was. What is the train number? 177. Yes. Um, what colour is the camo jacket dude's gun? Black and silver. Yes, it is. What colour is a little girl wearing on the train? Yellow. Yes, she is. And what is the name of Elijah's gallery? Oh, get stuffed. I have no idea. Uh... <laughs> All right. <laughs> there's your time. There's your time. There's your time. All right. <laughs> Honestly, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Jason was not ready for that. Um, now, what colour was the jewellery thief? So the lady who stole the necklace? Purple. She's red. Red. Yep. So they all... We uh, we didn't talk about this before, but each of the each of the people that he touches and witnesses doing a crime are wearing a specific shirt in the yeah. dream and a specific shirt in real life. I know that, like I mentioned, the different colours and stuff yeah. that are associated with characters. Like they gave one to each of those yeah. dodgy people. I just didn't know which colour was which. I picked them all up. So um, the so there's a a teenager who takes advantage of a drunk girl, the rapist. Yes. We call him a rapist. He was wearing a bright green shirt. Bright green. Bright green. The colour of um, rape. Now there's a there's a, a um, abusive mother, or she's an angry mother. Yeah. And she's walking with the kids. She's wearing a pink jacket. The colour of abuse. Yeah. Child uh, abuse. Pink. Now you got, and then the rest you got. Oh no, sorry. And what was the name of Elijah's gallery? Limited edition. It's called. Oh, that's a cool name. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. I thought you were going to get all of them. No, what the I, hell? I made the, that quiz um, quiz up in ten minutes. Did you? Not Fact even check that. him? Are you sure? I'm 100% oh, sure. Alright, right. I, I wrote all of these down when I watched on. it. Let's rate it. Alright, well you go first. You go first while I'm reeling from my success at stumping you. This movie has levels of depth. It does. To it. It's not just... And colour. I mean, yeah, there's all these little hidden gems and creative little sparks and stuff like that. Um, but it's also not just that as well. Mm. It's great performances. It's uh, good characters. There's good dynamics. There's drama. Yeah. There's there's giving me that superhero movie, so satisfying that craze. Yeah. But also giving me a real film as well with real people yeah. and not just being like, oh well, here's a here's an action scene for no reason. Mm. This movie doesn't have action scenes. I mean, the closest you get is that is that tussle in that room. But it's kind of silent. Uh, well, no, it's like well, it's it's like it's it's struggling and like choking and sort of just like oh, trying but to... it's one shot and it's an aerial shot yeah and it just tracks them around the room they don't go Funny. through walls and all that you just see the wall being dented and that's it that's a big dent though yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis's bald head there straight into it absolutely so what, what's your rating mate it's a 5 you're gonna go a 5 holy heck brilliant absolutely alright well Unbreakable is a 5 out of 5 it's one of them yeah, all right. kept that close to my chest. There you go. But, uh, now, uh, Mike, from my side of things, I, I love this movie. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I did forget how much I liked it until watching it again. Now, I do have to say, full disclosure, it's not for everybody, and I know that firsthand because oh, my yeah, lovely, percent my lovely wife felt that it was too slow. But yeah. I thought, I, I'm sorry, honey, you're incorrect. It was it, the right pace. It does move slowly. Because, yeah. you know... It's world-building. It's not Avengers. It's not Spider-Man. <laughs> it's not Superman or whatever. You know, it's... No. What I, what, I, what I would like to reflect on is that, yeah, it is not for everybody. And I know that it's not. But this, for me, this is my type of movie. Yeah. I love it. I, I love, I love the, the pace that they worked with. I love the, uh, the silent 
and really thorough um, exposition that you get everywhere. It's beautiful exposition. It, it, I it, love it. Really is. It's clever. I feel like a smart person watching this movie. I love it when good exposition comes together. <laughs> I love the depth of the characters, the relationship that um, that Dunn and his wife have, and the relationship that him and his son have, and how it's scared and yet really excited his son reacts. He's a really good actor, that young fella. Um, I honestly have to say... That this this is a five for me too. Oh, it's probably the first time we've ever had a five and a five. A double five. A double fiver. Did we not give Jurassic Park fives? Nah. What did you? Because some of it didn't hold up. What did you do? I think gave it four. Did I not give it a five? Do we give Terminator a five? Nah. My God. I gave Incredibles a five. Anyway, hmm. that's enough about that. So there you go. <laughs> that, that's our that's our uh, that's our rating. We both gave it fives. It's a brilliant movie. Recommend watching it over and over again, everybody. Um, and also keep an eye out for the new ones coming out and the reviews. Now, that was our Rewind officially to 2000, the movie Unbreakable. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. Um, yeah, glasses in cinemas this week, so make sure you go and check it out. Watch these two, watch some Breakable and Split first, yeah. but come on. As always, we remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any Rewind requests can be sent to us via email at thatfilmstewpodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Or you can reach out to us on either That Film's True or Rewind and Reviews Facebook pages. Like and follow these pages while you're at it. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and iTunes as it does help others like yourself find the podcast. That's right. Now, That Film's True has launched their new website. Hey, it's still a work in progress, but all the latest shows are on there um, with the backlog of older episodes coming up very, very soon. That website is... ThatFilmStrewPodcast.com Nice and simple, straightforward. Can't get it wrong. Can't get it wrong, folks. Not .au. Not .au. That would be wrong. wrong. <laughs> We're going international. <laughs> Just .com. Um, we previously promised you guys Die Hard. Let's, let's talk about it. Yeah, um, We promised you guys Die Hard as our next review. And obviously we gave you this Bruce Willis movie instead. So shut up. Completely <laughs> unintentional. Stop hitting us up. But it will be next. Um, we did have a bit of a technical issue when we attempted to record our Die Hard episode, yep. but we've got all the glitches sorted and we've got the episode almost ready for you. So working behind the scenes, yep. um, our intern, producer, guest producer, whatever they were at the time, they're fired, they're gone. <laughs> um, Sammy's recorded this one. But the episode's almost good to go. Yep. Um, it may be late, but we still will be obviously celebrating the 30th anniversary of John McTiernan's Holiday um, directed holiday classic. Indeed. Yeah, it might be 2019, but let's pretend it's 2018 just for one more episode. <laughs> you can. It doesn't matter when you watch Die Hard, ladies and gentlemen. Because is it a Christmas movie? I don't know. Let's, that's uh, all we're discuss. gonna find out. Uh, thank you all for listening. This has been another rewind and review. We'll see you on our next trip. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library. It's not like it's not like uh, Anchorman. Um, Anchorman. Anchorman. <laughs> Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs>